to gather together and i want to take time to thank uh, asha and ramya to lead us they're getting used to different uh, technologies and uh, wave formats and trying to lead us and so such a beautiful time to sing those songs and and as i always mention worship espouses two realms uh, we we engage in the realm of the spirit and if we are too caught up with the natural we have not worshiped and no one that jesus said in john chapter 4 father seeks worshipers as if the father is lacking genuine worshipers true worshipers and father seeks worshipers who engage with him in the spirit and we are a church we are a pentecostal church we believe in the manifestation the person the power of the holy spirit of god and i pray we will be energized in these moments things will change god is not silent in worship he actively engages with us when we move when we draw near to him he draws near to us he sings over us he touches us and i pray as a church we will learn to engage and and thank god for these songs uh, that we sang today i would like to continue in the theme that pastor said that he would underline this whole month from romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 and a couple of things just pop out from those scriptures one is the word transformation and uh, if you're used to the uh, chat box Uh, can you tell me the greek word for transformation anybody we have lord of mdiv students the church is raising up a lord of fivefold ministers probably in the next 5 10 years yeah and uh, anyone there you want to go ahead and give uh, the greek word for transformation i'll give 5 10 seconds for those who can rush to the chat box don't write in greek don't worry uh, anyone anyone somebody anybody third is nobody yeah i give the half word meta let me see if anyone can can complete the other half oh yeah pastor will take special extra class for the mdiv students i think yeah Thank God, Deepa, Deepa, Daniel. I don't know whether it's Daniel or Deepa. Oh, okay, Brother Danny is there. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, Brother Danny. It's right, Bullseye. My wife also shot it. I don't know. She's in the other room, so I don't. I mean, she she refreshed her Greek, I suppose. Metamorphosis, exactly. Meta means change. Morpha means image, and so change, change in the image. And you know where that change happens in Romans chapter twelve, verse one and two. It happens in the mind. It happens in the mental. our mental capacities and capabilities our inner inner man our inner being efficiency chapter 3 and let me ask another question i will proceed what's the greek word for repent open to anybody what's the greek word for repent the clue is it starts with meta again the greek word for repent meta anybody metanoia metanoia good oh yeah sunita again congratulations metanoia metanoia is change of mind change of mind did you know that the first word jesus uttered when he was preaching the kingdom is repent repent i think it's mark 115 repent for the kingdom of god change your mind stop the way you're going and change stop the way you're thinking and change change of mind 
And after all that, Paul writes gigantically, gloriously under the power of the Holy Ghost. He comes to chapter 12. We discussed that last Sunday. And this is where it all begins. Therefore, why it is therefore, therefore, as one of the Bible teachers would always say, whenever you hit the word therefore, always ask why it is therefore. Therefore, in view of all God's mercies from chapter 1 to chapter 11, offer your bodies as living sacrifice, which is holy and acceptable to God. And this is, he says, your true and proper worship. Just hold on there. True and proper worship. That means there could be untrue, that is false, proper, that is improper worship. So that means every worship is not acceptable, acceptable worship. Every worship is not true worship. And so he underlines that if you want to desire and discern that which is true and that which is proper, follow this protocol that is there in Romans chapter 12. And he says, together with that, without missing a beat, do not. Because whenever you have the word in the Bible, do not, it's not like someone taking a double barrel gun and trying to shoot us. No, whenever there's a do not there, just get to know there's a tendency for the fallenness of man to gravitate to that place. I repeat, there's a tendency to gravitate to that place because of our fallenness. Do not conform to the patterns. This is written for believers because there's a tendency that right after a glorious Sunday on a Monday, the blues will set in and we gravitate to the patterns of the world. Patterns of the world, patterns of the world, templates of the world, design of the world, recommendations of the world. Do not. The whole thing is do not. That means you've got to have the tenacity to refrain resolve and say no Daniel and his friends resolved and said no we're not going to touch the meat of the Babylon you serve as vegetables but we will not eat food sacrificed to the idols we resolve there should be a holy resolve when it comes to the patterns of the world and then he says be transformed in the renewing of the mind and that's what I want to speak today from a very different angle which we all know nothing new under the sun and I pray that we will be able to grasp that Two times, I think Sister Ramya was mentioning about breaking the wall, breaking the walls of the enemy, breaking the walls of that, that, that surround us with the world. But I want to talk the converse of it to break the walls and to build the walls. If you want to build, you must learn how to break. You cannot have two walls together. You cannot have two patterns together. The pattern for holy living that is mentioned in Romans chapter 6. When you're crucified, when you are baptized, when you offer your parts of your body for, for righteous living, you, you, you cannot have the patterns of the world and patterns of God together. No, you've got to pull down one to build the other. So keeping that as the introduction, let me share the slide, please, for us this morning. I need to arrange a little bit. I changed my whole setup at uh, our place because the physical service has started at home. A couple of churches are meeting. And so I had to vacate the physical building and I came to close to God on the top floor. And so I'm just getting the things going. So here we are. Can anybody tell me what's happening here? Chat box, please. Yeah, that's, that's the only way we can converse. Yeah, quickly. What can you see? Anyone, anyone. Yeah. Go ahead. If children are there, go ahead and answer. 
elders are there anyone what come repairing the wall very good rebuilding the wall rebuilding the wall name the character name the character you all know the character yeah moses rebuilding wow moses is rebuilding nehemiah is repairing the wall good i wish moses also had done but but uh, uh, probably he did not rebuild the wall nehemiah thank you thank you thank you we all know we all know it's about nehemiah so i'm just going to open the book of nehemiah we know that he built a wall and i'm going to start off with the physical uh, history that happened there in the natural and then we're going to move towards uh, applying that for us as believers in the spiritual realm so let's rebuild the spiritual walls so let's go straight to understand nehemiah and how uh, he rebuilt the walls and then um, straight get on to uh, what it implies to us now in order to understand let's get to know where nehemiah comes in the bible and so i put uh, the whole thing together in this timeline of all the kingdoms now spot where nehemiah comes if saul is the first nehemiah is the last so somewhere in in the history of god in the timeline of god in how he he wanted to write the history for his beloved nation he chose nehemiah to come at the end that means there is something so significant that god wanted to cause to happen at the end of the timeline of israel and so three kings united kingdom then you have the divided kingdom the northern in israel samaria was the capital then here you have jerusalem a very fortified place as the capital by the way jerusalem was conquered jebusites were there david was the king and he had a new strategy from god to go underground and capture jerusalem from the jebusites because it was high up on the mountain it was around the stronghold and there was see jerusalem was was tightly fitted together no wonder even the psalmist would pray just like the mountains around jerusalem may the lord surround us and so 722 uh, bc the, the the northern kingdom is scattered and then you come to this uh, big timeline at 586 bc the babylonians come and then they take the whole of israel i'm uh, sorry the judah uh, into exile and then the return happens in three installments in three groups the exiles return under the leadership of jerobabel first under ezra second and third nehemiah these three did significant activities which um, i'll put it on in the other slide and last is nehemiah nehemiah so something significant to close the old testament history now if you look at into this timeline you have nehemiah spotted here nehemiah and malachi come together and after that you have the 400 year period of dark uh, ages then you have the new testament so nehemiah comes at the end very end so uh, thank god for powerpoint is really powerful here you can redesign your own newspaper so i just put it like this the juice news yeah i wish it was j u i c e but it is juice news and so i just want to go revisit that time 586 bc how was the newspaper babylon bulldozes jerusalem yeah leave other things frills out let's go the bible verses here this is main for us and this is all the pictures yeah so what happens exactly in 586 bc and if you know this then you know why nehemiah is important the last few days in jerusalem on the 7th day of the 5th month in the 19th year of nebuchadnezzar king of babylon nebuzaradan commander of the imperial guard of the official of the king of babylon came to jerusalem the 
Jerusalem, city of peace, Jerusalem, that where David and Solomon ruled, Jerusalem, he set to fire. I want you to watch three things very carefully. Set to fire temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all houses in Jerusalem. Look at the progression. Every important building he burned down. The whole Babylonian army under the command of the imperial guard broke down the walls around Jerusalem, 586 BC. Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guard, carried into exile the people who remained in the city, along with the rest of the populace and those who had gone over to the king of Babylon. So that means there was, an, prior to this, there was, again, people just getting into exile. Now, I just want to pause on 9 verse 9. So let me go ahead and, and put this down here so that we can see it more clearly. He set to fire temple. What happens in the temple? Worship. When the temple, when the worship is down, royal palace, governance is down. When there is no proper governance, the country goes into anarchy, like the book of Judges. Each man does whatever pleases him. Whenever we falsify worship, whenever we water down worship, whenever there is no presence of the Lord in home, or in, in our place, in our sphere, in our era, in our generation, governance goes for a toss. Once there is no proper governance and anarchy sets in, you know what happens? Our houses completely impaired, dysfunctional families. The challenge for this generation is to guard this jewel called worship. You see how he knew first thing come and shut down the temple. Burn the temple. The news of the persecution that we are hearing today is point number one. Shut down worship. Shut down the praise. It's not the people. You, you go to the gathered setup and shut down. Shut down reading the word. Shut down the praises of God. Shut down holy surrender. Shut down reverence. Watch this in your own homes, dear friends. The enemy comes to attack worship. Why did serpent come into the garden? Because of the fellow. What did they lose? What did they lose in the garden? The fellowship. The worship. The coming of God in the cool of the day. The communion. You shut that down with, 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 a, with a strange lie. I call it strange because it was a forbidden knowledge. A, a, a taste to forbidden knowledge. God said that was not good for you. Who told you that? That was not, you were not supposed to be, no, that was not necessary for you. I know what is good for you. You're not supposed to be eating that. A hunger for forbidden knowledge. I tell you, after all that we read in the Bible, years and years of walking with the Lord, this is what we need. I'm reminded of what Peter said to the churches. He said, it's better in his old age. He said, it's, I am not at all tired of bringing to memory what I've already preached. In, 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 in a hunger for new messages, in a hunger for new revelation, in a hunger for something out of the world and UFOs, let's not lose the foundational essence of salvation by faith in Jesus Christ, the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the mission of God. Let's not lose the focus of that. Keep the main thing as the main thing. So that's all. Then at last he says he was significant, broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Now, that's what we're going to highlight and break open. Let's go down. So Judah went into captivity away from a land. 
The reason why I said contrast Abraham is Abraham was called out of Babylon into the land of promise. And now at 586 BC, the land is going back to captivity. Look at the word captivity. When we don't know how to build the right walls and the walls are broken down, we are led to captivity to go back to places, loathing back in sin, loathing back in our chains, loathing back into the lust of the world. From Jerusalem, they go down here. 70 years in captivity. And then in three stages, they come back to the promised land. And so the last one to come is Nehemiah. Now the first return happened in 536 BC. Jerubabel comes in. They build the temple. Then secondly, you have Ezra, the priest and the teacher comes. And in BC 444, 445, Nehemiah comes to rebuild the wall. And I wondered with this on this slide. I thought if you rebuild the temple, it should be okay. Lord, why? You want all other things. People have come back. Jerubabel has come. People have raised finances. You brought in Haggai. You brought in, you brought in Malachi. You brought in all of them prophets and they're prophesying to rebuild the temple. Yes, Lord, the temple is there. But just the temple was not okay. We have a church. We are just worshiping. We are just building a physical building. That's not okay. The Lord says, no, not just the temple should be rebuilt. Restore worship and the word. So Ezra comes and revives the preaching. What's the use of having a building, but there is no activity. Godliness should be accompanied with repentance and the power that comes along with it. Let's not have a form of godliness and lose the power that is there in word and worship. Let's not prescribe templates of worship. We worship this way. We worship that way. We have this kind of reading. We have that kind of liturgy. Let it be backed up with the power of God. And no wonder Elijah told in the Mount of Carmel, you build your altar. I will build my altar. The God who answers by fire, he's God. It's not that we worship so much, but we need the manifestation and the power of God in our life. Paul says to the church in Corinthians, you might be all high sounding, super spiritual, super apostles. I come with nothing. What backs me is the gospel preached under the power of the Holy Ghost. I always look at Jesus. He went to the mountainside to pray. He waited 30 years and dreamt about the father's mission. At age 12, he said, I'm in my father's business. And it took 18 years to materialize that vision. And then he goes to the mountainside. Lord, give me that 12 that you promised. Lord, who are the one I need to choose? Should I go on and open the doors and advertise people to become apostles? Who are the ones? Lord, through the night, listening to God. Waiting for him to put his seal of approval. And he comes down and chooses the 12. And in all the 12, you don't find many for high sounding, scholarly, academically sound. I don't know why. I wish there were. I wish some studied in the University of Rome and, and Egypt and Babylon and, and knew all the sciences there, but they didn't know. But the father knew that they would be the one who will demonstrate his supernatural power. If you've been walking with the Lord, you'll understand this. If you want the manifestation of God in your life, you need to let loose of your ego. Unless you become weak, 
you'll never see the promise of God. I'm speaking to the mature. If you want the all of God, you need to lay all of yourself. The price for the glory of God is death. The price for the manifestation of God in your life is to come to that point of being a zero. No wonder Paul says, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. When I'm weak, then I'm strong. And after restoring worship and word, I thought it was so satisfying. The people have come back in installments. They're coming and rejoicing. There is temple that they can go. There is worship and the word. But God says, no, there's one more activity that needs to be finished and completed. Nehemiah is alone there as a governor. Far away, thousands of miles in Babylon, in Persia then. And he gets... The spirit of God disturbs him. There's a holy disturbance there over this man. Hurry up and rebuild the walls. Why Lord? You have the temple. You have worship. You have word. So much of awakening is happening. But somewhere the burden comes to rebuild the wall. That's what we want going to study today. And understand to rebuild the walls. Yes, I worship. Yes, I praise. Yes, I've got the Bible reading. Yes, I've got all the temple activities. But. What about your walls? Nehemiah chapter 1 and verses 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, I was in the citadel of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about Jewish remnant that had survived the exile. And also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in their province. That's very nice. But they are in great trouble and disgrace. Look at that two words, trouble and disgrace. Not because there was a lack of temple or the restoration what Ezra did. Because the walls of Jerusalem are broken down. And its gates have been burned with fire. Whenever walls are broken down in your lives... By the enemy, there is disgrace and there is shame. We'll get into that in a while. And the moment he heard the walls are down, I sat down and wept. For some days, I moaned and fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. If you analyze verse 4 with the Jewish calendar, Nehemiah prayed four months. Four into three hundred and twenty. Now, Nehemiah prayed, fasted, mourned for four months, 120 days, but built the wall in 52 days. There was something about that calculation. He is known for building the wall, but can I tell you something? The building was preceded by brokenness for 120 days. This is the mystery of Christian life and ministry. Unless we are willing to go to the school of brokenness, we will not be graduated to build somebody else's life or even our own lives. God takes us. It is not about Jesus rose again from and came out of the tomb. It is preceded by him being crucified for us. Every time in a month we come and celebrate the table of the Lord, it happens with a bread, not that is 
freshly baked from the oven. You take it and break it. It is in the brokenness is the mystery of healing. Jesus is not a healer. Jesus is a wounded healer. By his stripes we are healed. If you have been praying, God, use me. If you have been praying, God, do something in my life. Lord, do something about my family and situation. God, use me to build somebody. It begins with brokenness. I confess the sins of we Israelites. He takes on a probably a 500-year history over himself and says, we have sinned. I know where the walls have come down. Sin has had a devastating impact on the land. I confess. I come with brokenness. David messes up with Bathsheba. He doesn't go on a eulogy or doesn't carry an advocate and invite a wise man to say, do a big kind of, of, of speech for me. I'm getting and, and, and placing my defense before God. He doesn't do that. The reason why David is David, a man after God's own heart, is for one good feature, a brokenness of heart. Contrite heart, swift to repent. There's one thing I'm learning in life and ministry. If at all you want to be in that line of God's esteemed people, learn brokenness and be willing to carry a contrite spirit. Swift to say sorry. Are you the first one to say sorry? Are you the first one to apologize? I didn't do anything. It's not my mistake, by the way. <laughs> look at, look at, look at how, how the, the spirit of God would move upon Nehemiah before he could curse the people, cast them and call them names and try to falsify all that's happening there and say, you are this, you are that. But he said, I confess. Before you go for a metamorphosis, a transformation in the city of Jerusalem, you need a metanoia, a repentance, a change of mind. I confess the sins of we Israelites, including myself. My father's house have committed. He knows why the walls are broken down. Oh Lord, we have acted wickedly four months. Give us a change of mind. I come. Lord, we want to get back to you. Lord, we have sinned. Lord, rebel lives. Unless, that, unless this kind of, 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 of the anointing grips us. Where we carry people. Where we carry the nation. Where we go before God for our own sins. Forget about building the walls. He goes on to say. Remember the instruction you gave to your servant Moses. If you're unfaithful, I will scatter. But if you return and obey my commands. Obey my commands. Obey my commands. Obedience is surrender of your will. Humbly receiving his will and mandate over your life. Obedience is to conduct the funeral service of your will. Willfully to say not my will, O oh God. I'm willing to do what you want. That's the kind of candidate God is still waiting for on this planet. The old way of preaching. I think we all heard it. We go with our own requests. All our prayer requests can be summed up in 5-10 minutes every day. Whatever you want to pray can finish off in 10 minutes. What else is left for us to pray? Whenever Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy kingdom. 
Thy will, thy will, thy will. Every day, your will be done. He is looking for agents who are willing to surrender their will for his will. And that's when building will happen. That's when change will come in. I'm beginning to learn that obedience is not a simple word that we somehow learn and sing in Sunday school. And no, no, it costs you your will. 30 years, Jesus learned obedience. Can you believe that? Hebrews chapter 5, 7 and 8. 30 years. He learned obedience not to jump the gun or the trigger. He waited 12 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years at age 30. He had the full power in very nature. He was God. He had the supremacy in himself. He was self-existent, pre-existent. He had the whole manifestation and the material of God. Yet he waited. He learned obedience. Did you know something? Jesus learned about himself in the temple. <laughs> he used to go to the temple every day and read the scrolls. And he said, this is about me. This is about me in Isaiah 9. This is about me in Isaiah 60. This is about me in, in, in Psalms 40. This is about me, about a prophet that's going to come in Genesis chapter 31, 32, the prophetic text. It's about me. And yet he humbled himself to read the text. Have you ever gone to go Google and searched about yourself? Sunny Prasad, google.com. Let me learn about Sunny Prasad today. Look at the humility of Jesus to learn about himself. I am put to shame every time I know about my master. And I look at myself, I sometimes come up like what I just, a wretched man I have. So much of pride and ego. Look at my master. He would not utter a word when he's taken before Pilate or Herod. He is the king of all kings. He is the word not lacking any vocabulary. Yet he would go on a silent mode. That is called meekness. I am not meek. Meekness is the power to refrain to say anything. Even though you have all, all the arsenals of warfare. Yet you refrain from that. Oh my. Nehemiah did not jump. He waited for the moment to, 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 to nurture his heart's brokenness. Oh, that you would pour out a spirit of brokenness over us, Lord, over our church, Lord, over our nation, Lord, that we will know your strategy, your timing, and your plan to build this nation. Amen. What does broken walls symbolize? Three things. That happen when the walls are broken. We are defenseless. You're open for attack. Read it through the lens of 586 BC. Read this through the lens of Nehemiah and how he was so burdened with heaviness and and, and broke down for four months. Lord, there is worship. Lord, there is temple. But there are no walls. We are open for attack. The enemy comes in. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. I have the Bible. 
I have the worship songs. I'm playing those YouTubes. Videos. I am going to church. But God, I'm open for attack. I have no wall. Like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. So when you're broken down, you're self-control. You lose self-control. These are the fruit of the spirit. You're open for attack. If you say, I come to church, I still worship, I go on to the Bible study, I do all the Christian stuff, but yet I'm open for attack. That means the walls are not built in your life. I do all what, is, what, what the pastor says. I go to meeting after meeting. I give my head for all the prayer. But somehow I feel when I come back home, I'm open for attack. I'm unable to get up and put on my muzzles to fight. That means your walls are down. Point number, let me see what, what, what we have. Secondly, we all are familiar with this verse, Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. So I sought a man among them, the Lord says, and this comes when they are in exile, who would make a wall. So I sought a man among them who would make a wall or build a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I may not destroy. When you do not have a wall, destruction is looming. So God says, I want a man to build a wall, to make a wall. A man standing in the gap, you for your family, you for your own self. Sometimes you need to stand in the gap for yourself. You need to answer the call for yourself. You need to go down on your knees for yourself and stand in the gap. Why? The consequence is mentioned here. For the want of time, I will skip the huge portion. I'll, I'll just sum it up in points. What will happen when you don't have a wall? These are the things. The consequence of not having a wall. No rain. Conspiracy. Destruction. Theft. Many widows. Priests in, involving in violence. Laws of discernment, no Sabbath. God's name is profaned, killing, bloodthirsty officials, deceptive prophets, extortion, robbery, oppression of the poor, alien abuse, injustice. 16 consequences mentioned in Ezekiel chapter 22. Why? No wall. Somebody to stand in the gap and build the wall because you're open for attack, open for sin, open for nonsense, open for demonic, demonic manifestations. And the whole land has become so bloody. And God says, yes, destruction is brewing. And very soon, it, it, it happened in reality in 586 BC. Secondly, when there is no wall, enemy has access. When there is no wall, the enemy has access. Nehemiah had three constant enemies. They were like three nails or three thorns in his side. Sanballat, Tobia, Geshem. I'm going to bring them up in the next section of the message. They mocked and ridiculed. Let me slowly go down into the crisp and crux of this message. When you're mocking and ridiculing, there is no physical force. There is no weapon of warfare. 
there is no army involved, when there is mocking and ridicule, words are sprayed like bullets. Mocking and ridiculing involves casting of words, throwing of words like arrows. Psalm 140 verse 3 comes to my mind that tongues have become like, like, like serpents. The, the, the venom of the vipers is underneath their tongue. That is mocking and ridiculing. And by the way, mocking and ridiculing does not hit your hand. It does not hit, hit your feet. It does not hit your chest. It hits your mind. I hope slowly you're getting to know where we are, we are, we are, we are, we are traversing this message to. Enemy has access. Look at this prophetic word from Ezekiel chapter 38. This is what the sovereign Lord says. On the day, on that day, thoughts will come in your mind. Uh-huh. Start relating this portion to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Be transformed in your mind. Thoughts will come into your mind and you will devise an evil scheme. So that is the workshop. The mind is a workshop for evil scheme. That is the think tank. The head office for all the strategy planning for an evil scheme. Why? What do you say? And you will say, I will invade a land of unwalled villages. Uh-huh. All of them living without walls and without gates and bars. I will attack. So the enemy, watch this out. Let's translate this into the spiritual terms. The enemy is looking when you are unwalled. The enemy is looking when your gates are opened. The enemy is looking when the bars of your walls are bent. Sneak in and attack. We have an enemy who's 6,000 years old as far as earth is concerned. And he's seen races, peoples, languages, whatnot, ethnographies, all those, those, those systems he has seen. But we have greater arsenals in Jesus Christ. And he's watching out. If we don't build our walls, we are open for heavy duty spiritual attack. And attack is on the realm of the mind. A small smell we got. Whenever you want to build the wall, two things that come like cousin brothers, ridicule and mockery. Ha! You, you are a Christian. You're going to preach the gospel. Is the Lord going to use you? The Lord is going to answer you. You joining the prayer meeting. My goodness. You want to represent Jesus in your workplace. You didn't study properly. How can you speak better? You want to be a good preacher. Look at your grammar. Look at your English. Look at your Canada. Look at this. Look at that. You have a call of God, mind you. Long back, I was taking a young people. I think must be 15 years ago. We were doing a workshop in, in Bellari. The first time some of the young boys were coming and I was insisting on the second or the third day that these boys share their testimony. And so I, I told one young boy, tomorrow you're going to share the testimony. So there were around five, six boys with me. And um, that whole night he never slept. The first time in his life he's sharing testimony. And so his friend came to him and said, what did Pastor Sunny tell? He said, he told me to share testimony. I feel all my intestines are shaking. And uh, so he looked at him and said, Day, what testimony you have, da? That one line shut him off. 
what testimony you have that you want to go and share one ridicule shut him off anyway he shared his testimony and it was a blessing we got to know but those were one look at look at how the enemy works and we're going to come to that one ridicule one mockery if you're there today and telling the reason why i'm not rising is the lid people have put on me with ridicule and mockery hitting my mind i pray that today you'll have a deliverance in jesus name rise up don't keep complaining somebody else gets into the pool and 38 years i'm crippled you're crippled in your mind let the master speak to you pick up your mat and walk you've never done what you could do but i pray that you will do something unusual yes it is pandemic yes there's an impending lockdown yes all the jobs are helter skelter yes there's corruption yes there's persecution right raise a hallelujah in the midst of the enemy raise a hallelujah raise a praise let there be a turn around that we have never seen in the mighty name of jesus who said age is a problem who said your color was a problem who said you cannot walk who said you cannot preach who said that shut down the lies of the enemy never allow the enemy to sabotage your future using the past rubble of your life that brings me to the third point the rubble of the past this is where the next few minutes i want to dwell on and slowly bring in the thoughts that will surely strengthen us this morning the rubble of the past one of the reason why nehemiah found it difficult to build he says is the people in judah say the strength of the laborers is giving out for there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall rubble yes we are born again yes we come to church yes we have been christians for a long time but the rubble of the past the baggages of the past the emotional baggages the baggages of failure and rejection the baggages of addictions and lust yes you are in the lord you see let me explain this way when you come to the lord you have a holy shower you're clean but our wounds are there just imagine there are four or five wounds that you have and you put a bandaid over it and you take a shower the wounds are not healed other parts are healed and continuously you do that for a period of four or five years with the same bandages the wounds don't heal because unless you expose the wounds wash it with water and allow the oil and the wine to be poured i'm quoting good samaritan there unless that is done no as long as you keep bandaging your wounds in christian life you're not going to excel one day i finished a meeting at a church and i was just waiting to pray for the people and suddenly i saw a vision there i saw the vision of a of a young man with full of bandages all over his body then i was praying and i asked the lord what does this mean and the lord was whispering i felt him you know i sensed on the inside that he was communicating that people come to me only to get a tie up of their wounds getting just their the quick fix wounds and i heard in my spirit the more bandages on their body they are never fit for warfare they never fit for building they never fit for warfare 
All that we want in a Christian service on a Sunday morning is, Lord, heal me. Lord, put a bandage over this. My heart, my mind, my leg, my, my family, my finance, my this. So we've got more bandages, including a little finger injury. They would put you on stands in cricket. A little injury, you're, 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 not, there. you're not scheduled to play that day. And I pray that we will, we will move from that zone. Unless you deal with the rubble of the past and get rid of it, we are not going to rebuild. And that's the, one of the reasons they found it. A couple of other verses very quickly. Psalm 79. They defiled your holy temple. They've reduced Jerusalem to rubble. You see the trick of the enemy. They did not carry the debris away. They burnt the town and the city, the palace. And the homes and every important building, they raised them down and turned into a rubble. Why? So that you will not rebuild. If you want to rebuild, get rid of the rubble. Rubble is important. Don't bring all the baggages of the past. And those are always there. Every time you listen to a good message, you say, I'm going to build now. When you go back home and when you sit down, you see, ah, this I know before. This I tried before. I don't think it's going to work. You know, this has been the same old story. It happened with my grandma, now with my mother, now with me. My marriage is the same. I don't think we can do this. This is how we've been doing. The rubble is sitting inside. It's like the cow dung on the grandfather's beard. You know that story, right? All the grandchildren are there at home. And somehow the grandfather smells cow dung. He goes to every room, there's the smell of the cow dung. At last, the grandchildren have to say, Grandpa, the cow dung is on your beard. I think you need, to, you need a shave. Get rid of the beard, Grandpa. You'll get rid of the smell. With all this in mind, let me, I have a few more minutes with us. What does it mean? To build walls. The text is Nehemiah 4.6. Quite an interesting text. So we build the wall. And all the, the wall was joined together. And to half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. So we build the wall. People had mind to work. Mind to work. Put their mind to work. It took the mind to work. It's not the wall. It, it took the mind. It worked in the mind. It touched the mind. All the people thereof, they came together, but they put their mind. They put, put, put the faculty of their thinking. They transformed in the thinking. Yes, there was a position. Yes, all that was there, but, but the mind was strong. The mind was energized. The mind was challenged. They made up their mind. No matter what you say, there is rubble of the past. Our history is dark. We have been taken as captives some hundred years ago, but now we put our mind, unless your mind is sound, you will not build. And I pray that God will raise you up in your mind. When Jesus went to gatherings, he touched the mind of one young man and he changed him. He didn't do preaching. He didn't do revival meeting. There were no crowds that he baptized or he did not go on a long sermon on the mount, but he went and touched a man demon possessed living in the tombs. He was terrorized in the tombs. All his territory and the faculty of his mind, he was so insane out of his mind when the Lord spoke a word of del deliverance. He was sound in his mind. 
And he sat down and he said, Lord, what can I do? Can I come along with you? No. He said, you are a transformed mind. Go and become a missionary to the region of Decapolis. For I've come to set your mind free. Once you're free in the mind, you will start building lives. Amen. What does it mean to build a wall? To build a wall means to put a hedge around your mind. To hedge around your mind. Put a wall around your mind. Guard the gates. Guard the information that comes in your mind and heart. Avoid the junk of the world. No, I've got to see this. I've got to hear this. I always say this. There are two gates to, to, to manipulate your heart. There are two gates to maneuver your heart. Your eye gate and your ear gate. Put the hedge around. You can be a Christian, you may know a lot of Bible and a lot of worship songs. You may be part of the church, but unless you guard your mind, I'm telling you, the enemy has access, develop that security system. Paul goes on to say, you foolish Galatians who bewitched you. Has someone come and disturbed your mind? You started in the spirit, but now you're landing up in the law and in the flesh. Guard your mind. Romans chapter 8. The mind that is governed by the spirit. That's the security system we have. That is the meaning of building the walls. We can have the temple. We can have the word and the worship. But unless the walls are in place. There is no security of the spirit of God. Point number two. Building walls means put on the armor of God. To stand against the evil schemes of the mind. Of the mind. Devil will not come black and black, stand at your door and knock and say, I'm the devil, I'm come to disturb you. No. The attack is in the mind. The devil comes with what is written, but Jesus said, it is also written. It's not just enough to know what is written. Do we know what is also written? Unless you put on the armor of God, Unless you baptize your mind over and over again in his word, we will not develop resistance. Having said the two, I want to spend time on the third one. In order to build, we must learn how to break the old walls. If you want to build, learn to break the old patterns, old mindsets. Clear the rubble, unforgiveness, malice, hatred, lust, jealousy, backbiting. Get rid, get rid. Don't ask God to bulldoze you. Get rid in the name of Jesus. You got to make up your mind. Humble yourself. Not God to humble you. you got, I need to learn to humble myself. Get rid, crucify, you crucify yourself in the name of Jesus. I come to a holy surrender. Lord, I long for you. I get rid of this in my house, in my mind. The three chief enemies that Nehemiah faced in building are Sanbalat, Tobia, and Geshem. Sanbalat means secret hater. Sanbalat is, is not a Jew. But he gained access into the camp through marriage. 
he gained access to the Jews through his daughter's marriage. So his daughter was given in marriage to one of the high priest's sons, Joyada. Somehow gets inside and starts hating you. Enemy in secret, lurking inside. Samson got to get a vision of the real enemy only when he became blind. Sometimes God has to snuff the physical vision out to get a spiritual vision so that we who the enemy is. Secretly gain access to your mind. That's what the enemy wants to do. So we need to be transformed in the mind. Why? Because enemy wants to grab the thinking facility. The spirit of God comes. He brings in thoughts. How do you pray when you're in your silence, when you're in a closet to pray? The spirit of God will come, evoke and bring in those thoughts. The mind begins to be governed. Revelations begin to come. Thoughts begin to come. Words and phrases begin to come. You need to keep your mind as a place for holy interaction and revelation. Next to Tobi and Geshem represent the media department. Look at, look at what they say. Straight some seven or eight questions. The main attack of the enemy is to gain access for your mind, thoughts, and emotion. That's the soul. That's the soul. That's the soul part. When Paul says be transformed here, you get transformed this side. Your mind is transformed. Your thoughts are transformed. Your emotions are felt and you express them in a manner that is God glorifying and worthy. And the enemy comes to access this faculty because he wants to alter your thoughts. God doesn't listen to prayer. I don't think, I don't think it's going to happen. I think this pandemic is going to be there. No man knows what to do. Everyone is there. You become so humanistic. And so baptized in the philosophies of the world, your thoughts are altered. And the more you listen, and today we become so addicted to mobiles, we want to continuously listen what they say, what this is. Sometimes, you know, see the dealings of God comes with the absence of human voice. He says, come up to my mountain. Who will ascend to the mountain of God? Elijah, come to Mount Carmel. Moses, come to Mount Sinai. Jesus in the Judean wilderness would go away and cut off for 40, 40 days. That's when, that's when this mind is refreshed and renewed. Sanbalat and Tobia. Look at this question after question when it comes to rebuilding. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Ah, you are just feeble. You don't have muscles and strength. Are you going to restore the wall? My goodness. 586 BC, that big Maharaja came and did all this. You want to restore what you feel feeble. One paisa, naya paisa, as Pastor was trying to say. You are all one naya paisa, one penny. What you want to do? Restore the wall. Will you start offering sacrifices? Restore all that what Solomon and David did and Moses did and all that? You think you're going to finish in one day? What are you talking you're a small church. What, what are you talking? You're this, you're, you think you can finish it off. You're praying for, for all this, the whole region. You think God will do something. Look at that, how he taunts. Goliath came to taunt David and taunt Israel. He didn't do big, big, big uh, artistic, you know, disco with his weapons. No, he released words of offense and one stone shut him down. Can you bring these stones back to life from these heaps of rubble? Burned as they are. Yeah, it won't happen yet. These all, you know, these all gone case. Expiry date is over. 
you christians you believers you all this what are you trying to do what are you building even if a even if a even if a what is that even if a fox climbed on it he will break down <laughs> taunting 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 i don't know who is there sitting today in the service harassed in your mind oppressed in your mind over and over again you open the bible passages and you worship yet you have that oppression in the name of jesus this is the time to renew your mind and say no no way i'm strong in christ and the weapons of our warfare are mighty through god you got to learn to resist don't give in to the lies of the enemy the trick of the enemy has been the same for some time use your past failures to sabotage your future pathways taunting ridicule over and over again i said this when we were singing pulling down strongholds this is the meaning this is the meaning this is my prayer every day for me for us when we sit down as couple and pray this is what we are praying wandering minds i cannot pray i don't understand the scripture i'm not excelling i'm not in a place where god wants me to be pull down these strongholds voices after voices that's where romans chapter 12 comes to mind stronghold is a mindset it's a thought pattern it's a way of thinking we got to leave the past do not be conformed to such patterns for we will never reach where christ wants us to reach Did I miss that verse out? Yes. Second Corinthians ten and verse three. Before we, attach this with uh, Romans chapter twelve there. For though. we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does the weapons of our warfare are not of this world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds to demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of knowledge knowledge of god every obstacle that comes in the pathway of me knowing god i pull it down i handcuff i handcuff every thought i handcuff every thought that comes to my mind i handcuff i arrest it every pathway that comes to god's design over my life i pull it down so that i can build this is where we come do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know you will discover no knowing happens cognizance happens in the mind the last thing god wanted his people was temple is there good ezra came and did some reformation good but get the wall learn to rebuild the wall let the city be intact 
Let it be known as Jerusalem, my city, and it needs walls. Same thing about Christian life. After all that Paul does, he pauses at chapter 12. And he says, with all that you saw, the mercies of God, start working on the mind. Be ye transformed here on the renewing. Shall we close our eyes this morning? Praise the Lord and hand it over to Pastor.